When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether it be a detail, wash or service, Berwick BMW have all your motoring needs covered. Rotoflex, world-leading biomechanical design by Blunt. Stability meets the freedom to move. Available at participating retailers now. The Run Home with Andy and Gazy. G'day everybody, welcome to the show. It is The Run Home, Wednesday afternoon, the first day of February. So uh, thank you very much, January 2023. Job well done. <laughs> Job well done. Oh, it was solid. I think that... A good, um, strong January this year. Oh, weather yeah, it's done well. Weather conditions weren't all ideal. They good were depart- nice, but they weren't ideal. What do you mean? Early on in January, some not not great. I don't remember that. Oh, I thought January was spectacular. No. Might have been one bad day in January no, for the entire month. Few, what about there's going to... We're going to get a bit of snow on Friday. Do you Beg your that? pardon? Snow. Well, I was wandering down Swan Street today at mm-hmm. about... Uh, I want to get it right because there will be there were many people in the same situation as me at about twelve thirty. Oh, you reckon they'll recognise you? Do they? No, no, no. We're all out in the you open. Just think no, you're that popular. No, but you I don't s- want to get it wrong because you know all these people. No, would because there'll be people. There might be one or two people listening who will say, oh, "I was in exactly the same position as this as this geezer." Right. There was an Arctic blast, like a microcell. Oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, rained it just a went wooshka. The rain was coming inside. The temperature for about an hour dropped mm. six or seven degrees. Yep. And then the rain's cleared. Sun mm. came out. It wasn't really sunny, but uh, the rain clouds dissipated. Mm. And the temperature got out back up to about 21 or 22 high. But for a moment there, it was freezing. Well, it's going to be up in certain parts of Victoria, a snow on Friday. Well, that is truly extraordinary. Outrageous weather. Let it snow, let it snow. Hey, Andy. Thank you. Yes, uh, yes. What is going on? Because there's uh, the pipes just finished three hours of radio gold. It was gold. And there he goes. Ta-da. Back to Geelong. Actually, he was in Tasmania earlier on in the week, I think, doing his show. Uh, but, uh, Andy, uh, off the uh, temper text machine, uh, temper, the finest bed you'll ever want to lay on. No doubt. Uh, they are um, suggesting that uh, our man Usman Kawaja is, uh, ran into some visa problems. Yes, well, Peter Lawler and Ben Horn have uh, both uh, shared a byline on the News Limited websites mm. that has popped up. Uh, moments before we came on air. Right. Like, like nine minutes before well, the, green, the red light went on. I don't even know. I'm just reading it off the uh, temper text Pakistan-born Australian player Usman Kawaja was left behind when his teammates flew to India today after his visa was delayed by the Indian government. Mm. It's unclear why he was the only member of the 17-man squad denied a visa, but he is the only member of the squad oh, no. born in Pakistan. Now, we understand there's serious mm. issues that have existed between Pakistan and India for quite some time. Um and that we are led to, we are left to speculate mm. must be, mm. uh, well, we assume has got something to do with it. Because I would imagine the paperwork that was done mm. uh, by Cricket Australia on behalf of its touring party and the individual members of said yes. touring party it would have all been done in accordance. Uh, Could this be a situation? Like minded yes. government departments elsewhere. Or maybe we're reading too much into it. It could be just as simple a of uh, 1995. Are we uh, doing a tour, November tour of the United States? This is the Melbourne Tigers. 
And oh, I wonder what you, where you were going. One of our yeah. uh, players rocked up to Tullamarine Airport to get on the Big Bird to go to the United States. And when you get to the check-in situation, they asked for your visa. And they said to him, uh, can, can I see your visa? And he pulled out his visa card. <laughs> I said, there's a, God's no, that's a, not true. Andy, Andy. No, no you need this, to name names. I will. But no, you need to name names because well, that did not back. Hang on. No, that's so, not no, so he's still he goes, joke. He's joking. I'm telling you, because you know he had to get a visa. <laughs> yeah. So he pulled out his visa card. No, that's and they not said, true. no, 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 your visa to enter <laughs> the United States. And they said, it. no, I didn't know I needed one. And <laughs> He didn't pull out his visa card. I promise you. <laughs> and then we all got on the plane, went to the United States, <laughs> and it was, uh, i say, four days later. Who was it? He, uh, I don't no, you know, no, names. you have to, you have to name names. I don't. No. Want Otherwise, to name... you're making it up. For you. I am you've not got to laugh it up. out of me. <laughs> Andy, you've got to laugh it's out a of true me. True story. I don't believe it until you name names. I'm not naming names because it's oh, I believe you. I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't believe you. Well, you're wrong. Do you want me to, no, no, well, to call up Leonard Copeland to verify the story? Well, it wasn't Leonard, surely. It was not him, but I'm just saying there are others there that. Yeah, I want Leonard to come on. Yes, I do. Well, I'll get him on. And I want a second. I want to check this. Nigel Purchase was on that trip. Well, I might, I think. Nigel, if you're listening, give us a call. one three hundred seven three six. I think Ratlet Grant, uh, Wayne Peterson, he came on the trip with us. Right. We had a belly laughs when at the unfortunate expense of this young rookie. These things so happen. first year player in '95. Well, right, I'm Melbourne Tigers experts young. out there. Who was the 1995 rookie? Very young. Young player in 95. No, who, no, but not yeah, I want to know. young as in not worldly. If somebody mentions the name yep. off the temper text, will you be okay. good enough to read it out for us? Will you be good enough to read it out for us if somebody mm. mentions it? Okay. Yes or no? I, I will. They Cor- won't get it. Corey Homosol Williams, Danny Daly, Colin Carter. Hasn't he lit the fuse? No. Yeah, go and give us a hint. We might have had a brother as well, but anyway, anyway, let's not get into it, eh? Come on, carry a brother. on. Did his brother, no, play no, come for, on. did his brother play for Never the Tigers? Never I shouldn't have said that. I might oh, be well, wrong. No. Come on. Okay, just before we get away, because more details will come to light. I'm sure whatever's in the, you know, the, the whatever's. How does this happen at this level, Well, that's what I'm, it's a, that's a reasonable months question. months ago you go, well, well here's yeah, a, It's not, I know. That, here's you a chance so. that he's going to be on the, t- on the but tour. But until the paperwork is presented to the relevant authorities, they don't have to deal with, any, with anything. Well, that's if true. there is an issue at the Indian mm-hmm. end, mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to deal with that until such time as the paperwork is actually presented. Well, when was the team picked? The squad was picked what, a couple of weeks ago. It was a while ago, Andy. So surely at that point in time, immediately you're going through the process of um, – Checking out the legalities to get the players in. You would, you would have thought so. But I would have thought that. <laughs> you know what? what? It gives me Kawaja. Mm. Oh, just as an aside before you keep going. Mm. It was has on his Instagram page yep. posted a photo of a man sitting on a swing, just watching minutes of the day I've pass, saying, me waiting for my Indian visa like dot, 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 dot. Hashtag stranded. Hashtag don't leave me. Hashtag standard. Hashtag any time now. It's okay. So, so that's if, pretty funny. If he's not likely to be on the plane for the next within the next twenty four hours, mm-hmm. if you're the Brisbane Heat, what are you doing? You, you give him a call and saying lace him up. You're in the team, son. Mm. Come and play in the team to get us into the uh, playoff against the Perth Scorchers on Saturday. We're going to game tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're still in Australia, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you come and uh, suit up? In fact, if I'm the uh, cricket authorities, I'm 
saying, I'm encouraging it and doing whatever I can for it to happen. Just on that. Well, aren't you, Andy? I want, if you're in charge of, course of I am. you're saying, we want um, yeah, one of here, the marquee players. Yeah, if you're here. Why not? Come and play. Would, would the cricket, would the... The team themselves, would they, would they? although it's an unfortunate... Are you saying the Brisbane Heat team? No, the Australian cricket team yeah. and their management and their coaching staff and their captain, would they be saying, no, 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 you can't go and do that? Why? Because you're supposed to be here. Well, he, but he's not because of... You might get hurt. You might get hurt. Well, I'm just throwing up hypotheticals. No, no, and no. You don't think they would well, no. put any of those The Australian cricket team and mm. they're over in India... They've stopped players from playing in domestic competitions before. Yeah, but that's only because of availability. Like, no, it's to cro- do with cross rest out, and workload. Cro- yeah, and... But this is not that. This mm. is not that. Mm. Just on that, I want to mention, mate, that, that this has been a massive cock up by Cricket Australia. Three one six. You're pretty close. You, I think. Read it out. No. Go on. Hey, Benny. No, you're not can you not going to say the name. No, no, I will. No, you will not. Ben, can you put that name on the screen, please? No. 316 has got it off not. the temper text. If you can say you put, it. I will do it. You will not say that. I will You say will it. not say that ben, name. Ben, just put it on the screen and I'll be the judge as to whether I say it or not. No, you will not. I will it's say it. It's not fair. People make mistakes. No, don't put it on there, Ben. Oh. So, um, I didn't know. Did he ever, who did he? Shush. What was his brother's name? No, I, got, I was just throwing <laughs> your head fake. Anyway. Uh, massive cock up mm-hmm. on Cricket Australia, it is. Yes. They knew the departure date mm. months ago mm. for India. Mm-hmm. Months ago. Uh, that's what I just said. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the paperwork issue for Usman oh, Khawaja. Okay. They know months ago when they're going to be on the plane to go to India. They yeah. go, oh, hang on. We've got this T20 competition going at the same time called the Big Bash League. Uh, if we're going to get these Australian players, we know the Australian players are going to be coming back to play mm-hmm. because their commitments – in the test series and uh, other bits and pieces are over. Yes. So they have a window where they can come back and play in the BBL, the second half, the conclusion of the BBL. Yes. Why at that particular point in time did Cricket Australia not mm. say, you know what, we need to make sure that those players are available if their mm. teams make the finals, that they can play in the finals. And to mm. that end, squeeze some games mm. in the middle of the season. Mm. So play a couple of midweekers so that we don't get to the stage at the end of the season when you're going to be missing yep. four high-quality players for a prelim final, mm. whatever it's called, uh, and then likewise a grand also final. for the grand final. Well, Andy, Why didn't they do that? Even Well, that's true. And and this, the scheduling, we can see that there are some challenges, all those things. But notwithstanding though, that... Why not let them just stay here and play anyway? Well, you, they go well, over there. No, I, they're, they're still going to be there in time for the first outing. Yes, true. So, so yes, their preparation might be uh, inhibited a little, a little. I don't know whether it'd be a lot, marginal. But, but, but why not let them stay no, anyway? I'm not going to argue with you, and you're not going to argue with me on this mm. one. They could have. They could have. It's their product, mate. Yep. Okay. During the IPL, the IPL run by the uh, BCCI. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon they're saying uh, to Virat Kohli, uh, yes. Virat's team is mm. in the uh, is in the semi-final or the mm. final of the IPL? Do you reckon they're saying, no, you're not allowed to play, mate. You've got to be on a plane. You're not, you're not playing mm. on a tour. You're going to South Africa or Australia. Mm. You're not playing any games on that tour for, for, those uh, for the next eight days. Mm. But, uh, no, you've got to be on the plane to fly with uh, the rest of your teammates. No, they wouldn't. they're doing that? No, they wouldn't. But, that, but that's where the power base lies because – they would never agree to a tour that would interfe- that would have had it interfered with their dates. Of course not. So they would never so have that done would that. never have been a problem. No, sir. Mm. They would have been. 
So I don't know. I don't know how that's come to pass. So we'll wait and see what happens with Usman Khawaja. But as it stands now, he is sitting on a swing, uh, waiting for a visa to arrive. So you reckon it's related to his heritage? Pakistan, India. You know, there's been some. I understand that, but he's an Australian now. He's very much an Australian. Mm, Of course Very much. But Pakistani uh, heritage? Yeah, but that's... Well, I'm not arguing. Of course it's no issue for you and me. But India and Pakistan have got a very volatile relationship. Nah, it's, it's got to be a technical. It wouldn't have to do with that. Even even the well, Indian what do you cricket, think it's got to do with. Why even the other... they would be wanting the, the the Australia to be able to put forward their best talent. Even they want to. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it's a. There is a technicality there must involved be just here. A technicality. Yeah, but but, but the there lines. is a technicality that is seen not get mm. on the plane and uh, and travel with his uh, with his teammates, mm. which is you know. Well, that's that's all we are left to. Uh, well, like you said, it might it be a win. It might be a win for the BBL. Well, it could be, mm. no doubt. I tell you what is a win. Well done, Collingwood. Well done, Collingwood. Uh, they bring in a volatile CEO in in Craig Kelly, who's going to. Up- that's unfair. Well, that's a good. I'm saying it's a good appointment. Don't worry about that. I well, think I Craig Kelly would be fantastic. The characterisation of a volatile. <laughs> so, I don't think that's fair. Powerful. Will not be That's a mild, won't be a mild operator. He will mm. be a he'll be an operator that makes things happen. Uh, so they get a great coach last year. They have a super season. Uh, capture the imagination of everybody. Um, Scott Pendlebury mm. magnificently handles his uh, Departure. D- dissension from the captaincy. And today they announce Darcy Moore. Now, brilliant. I'm a bit surprised that Darcy is doing a press conference at about three o'clock today. Mm-hmm. So we'll turn a bit of that. I'm a bit surprised he's not doing any. Sort of the obligatory sort of media hit points after the press conference. That's okay. Mm. He's chosen not to do that, or Colin would have chosen not to make him available. Irrespective, it's, it's unusual. Yeah, it is. No, it is. It is a bit unusual. It yeah. is unusual. You get, now it's a new captain. It's a time of great focus for you know, and you just do mm. the. And you know what he's going to say. I'm delighted. Mm. I'm proud. I'm honoured. You know, my dad, yeah. the whole thing, and. It's over you go. See you later and away we go. But he's not going to be doing that today, and that's completely his Jeez, prerogative. In I wonder their if that's a, a club call or a, a player call of why he wouldn't want to do that yeah, media stuff. Don't know. But Sit down in a room, knock over half a dozen interviews yeah, with yep. one after the other. AFL bang, friendly bang, 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 organizations. Bang, of course, yeah. Uh, maybe they, I guess they figure, well, come along with a press conference and capture what you need. Yeah, you mm. do that, but then you like to put him on with a couple of likely types like you and I. Mm. We can have our way with him, you know. That's well, that's right. <laughs> but irrespective of all of that, yes, um, that's not happening. But getting back to the point that I was attempting to make originally before mm. I allowed myself to be sidetracked, uh, magnificent appointment. I love the kid. He's a beauty. Mm. He he leads uniquely. Um, he is a modern man, mm. uh, and I think in terms of all the things that Collingwood's doing after the volatility of yep. do better, um, Darcy Mortis fits the new mm. the new Collingwood magnificently. Well, well whatever that mm. is, you know, the new mm. Collingwood. We'll call it whatever you But I'm sure Collingwood supporters know what I'm talking about, whether you agree or disagree. But I think he's a fantastic appointment. It is. Fantastic appointment. Well, I remember when we got come into work today, uh, I can't remember who it was, asked me, well, what do you think of this appointment? And I think from an outside looking in, the way he plays, the way interaction with players, it seems like a good appointment. Well, but you rep- know what? He represents magnificently. That's right. And speaks really well. Did a great job, uh, in, in the, does a great job in the media. Uh-huh. Only those within would really know about the appropriateness of it. Now, they clearly see him as that. But outsiders looking in, you can make those judgments about your 
what you see out there. Mm. And yeah, it's a good point. But you really, no, you really don't really know no, until you, you get no. into it. Ian. No, you don't, mate. And you I guess you know. really only know in hindsight. That's true. Uh, 19 past three, big show coming up. Corey Homicide Williams jumps in after four. Danny Daly after five from the Risen Lines. Colin Carter in the next half mm. hour. Load to get through. Feel free to jump on the King Island Golf Talkback number one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 367 Oh, his name's on the screen. I just really want to ask you a no. question. I, what number did he wear? Don't. <laughs> nothing. I wish I never told it. It was supposed to be something lighthearted and humorous. Oh, yeah, and now you're, you're turning it into something. Now you're, you're going to be sweaty really for the next two nasty. and a quarter hours, which is absolutely magnificent. <laughs> 25 past three. Great to have you with us this Wednesday afternoon. Hey, the front bar, all sports shows. Uh, there's six of them that uh, run through February and into early March before the footy season starts. Mm-hmm. First of them up tonight, nine o'clock, seven network. Going to be magnificent. John Bertrand and Lauren Jackson, our special mm. guests on the program. Well, Lauren Jackson, this Saturday night. Uh, it's the yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. For yeah, hopefully, a... they're going to be good shows. Thanks for your uh, no, feedback, we'll, support. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. No, that's all I wanted to say. Lauren Jackson, uh, the Jayco uh, Flyers, they're going to be uh, playing against the Sydney Flames, who have gone through some troubles themselves in uh, recent well, times. I want to know Saturday about night, this. it's going to be at John Kane Arena, and they're, uh, they're predicting it's going to be the – most attended WNBL game in the history of the sport. So the record's about seven and a half thousand, I think. Yes, I think it's and about wanna, that. They're going to get. Hopefully, they're going to. They're already up to fly six. past that. Now tickets are tickets are dirt cheap. They're, oh, you twenty get, bucks? I think you can get in. You got twenty to, bucks for an adult. I mean, if really, you're a sports fan. You want to say that you were in the mm-hmm. house and watched Lauren Jackson play? Well, we don't know how much longer Lauren Jackson has got to go, and now I'm hopeful that she will continue to play. And I, I asked her about it her ambitions of even hanging on for uh, Paris. Why not? The performance, she dropped 30 in the Next bronze year? medal game. Next year. Last year at the year. FIBA World Cup. But uh, t- so what is it? What are you, 16 months she's got to? Just nurse her through it. Well, she played She was played a magnificent role. Uh, but who knows? You never know with a superstar like that. And it's been revealed last week. Check this out. Heart the size of far, size of far lap. Because yeah. she is playing with some type of broken... Bone in yeah, her fracture foot. Fracture in her foot. It's oh, What an absolute champion. She's a superstar. So get along if you uh, haven't got your tickets. Get along on Saturday night. John Kane Arena should be a cracker. No question. Uh, 1-300-736-736 but, is but. the King Island Golf Talkback mm-hmm. number. There's prizes all over the joint to give away. I don't know where these are bobbed up. We're giving away these today, Benny. We are. Oh, I mean, Teddy, there's all sorts of stuff to give away today. Just make sure that you give it to the quality No, well, you're the boss. Have you got the ticket? Have you oh, got my the... word, I have. Well, you, if, you, if somebody asks you a question that you think is worthy, why don't you just tick them off? Well, one, I reckon there's some great pro- – we've got the Signet, be- uh, Signet Boost You're going to go through them all now, are No, just to quickly – quickly, the, the one that jumps off the page, because we've never had this prize before, uh, we've got the new Wilson Shift Racket. It's launching it's, – it hasn't even been launched yet. It's launching uh, on February the 4th. Uh, a tennis racket? Yes, Nice. It's uh, you can only shop online at Australia's number one tennis retailer. Huh. You visit tennisonly.com.au if you want to actually purchase nice, it. But we're going to give the opportunity for someone to pick it up. Nine one nine one six. By the way, you bang on. This is the one you've got it right. Down nine one six. That's him. This is the one. That's the that, one that uses uh, the Visa card. This racket <laughs> is the Visa. one. Shush. <laughs> this racket is the one you saw all the the Wilson one you saw all the pros running around Who? in uh, the Australian Open. Who was using it? Oh, all the pros. 
<laughs> no, I do. Well, Roger Federer used to use no. a Wilson, didn't he? Um, he was a Wilson user for a long time. He was. And uh, Sissipas, I think, rolls in the – was he the head or the Wilson? Tom Hanks was a big Wilson fan. <laughs> huh? That was the, the soccer ball. <laughs> no, mm. it was a volleyball, wasn't it? Mm. It was a volleyball. Uh, was it a volleyball or a soccer ball? Volleyball. Volleyball, you're right. Yes, you're right. Are we doing entertainment tonight? tonight we are. Me? We're going to have a little uh, – uh, the yeah, first no, of the year, yeah, the entertainment good. tonight. Good. I'm looking forward to it. It's one of my favourite segments. Well, we, we're giving you – because both of us have started it's, – it's unusual because yep. we're both going to put our oar in the water tonight. Mm. But we've both started watching series. Yes. So we're going to push you mm. into these and maybe we'll watch them together. Correct. Uh, before we get to any of that, however, so stay tuned. That In case you want to set your watch to it, probably do that at about 20 past five tonight. I'd, so you've got a few bits and pieces to do. Mm. Go to them now. Put the earphones in. Yep. But make sure you're concentrating at about 20 past five for the first entertainment tonight and so of 2023. Many people, so many people, and I'm one of them, uh, when you knock over a series and you, there's so much to choose from, you need to be pointed in the right direction. Well, I've got a pearler. I'm two episodes into one, and it is spectacular. All right, we'll get to that Roy later. is in Templestowe before any of that takes place. Uh, mm. Roy, welcome to the program. G'day, Murray. G'day, Gazy. How are you guys? Very well, yeah, thank good, you. Yeah, good, Roy. Looking forward to watching you on the TV tonight, uh, Mark. Thank you, Roy. Well, uh, Gaze, no, Gaze is doing a show tonight as well. Gaze so. will be on there. We're uh, eight thirty to nine thirty. Just jump yeah, on if you've got the ESPN. The jump, we'll very, try. very tidy. See your numbers. Very nice show. Numbers will get hurt at about nine o'clock. I would have thought, but anyway, okay. far away, Roy. Uh, question for Gaze, as much a legend in the basketball that he is. I appreciate that. Uh, I've got three, three names for you: mm-hmm. Cotton, Grace, Crawford. From the wild, from the famous oh, Wildcats. Don't Can do you put it. them in order? Don't do it to me. Come on, put your put them on the line here. All right, <laughs> don't don't mess around. Roy's rung up. It's this is he's rung up. Which hey, one? Roy, you... Roy, there's a double pass coming mm. your way mm. to the first ever WNBL game to be played at John Kane Arena. Perth, the guys, is he what? in Perth? He's no. in Temple State. Oh, he's mate. asking about the Wildcats. Yeah, right. yeah, so there's a double pass coming your way right. for the uh, Flames Flyers game this so, Saturday night, mate. Straight away, you said that was my job. And straight away, you took it over. Well, you haven't okay? done your job. But getting back to the question that Roy asked, and that is uh, Ricky Grace, James Crawford, or Bryce Cotton. Now, oh. how long have we got here? Right now, I'm going to – I want to get off the fence here. Right now, I'm going to still stay with Ricky Grace right now. Bryce Cotton probably will overtake Ricky over the next year or two. Oh, but right now, Bryce come and then uh, the Alabama slammer, James Crawford, come on, right there. But you've missed a couple of other ones as well. well Scotty no, no. Fisher, well, Roy, Roy Andrew didn't care, Roy didn't care about those others. Okay. He just wanted you to... to... Roy, uh, how does that sit with you? That, sound, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to a few years' time. Cotton will be more up there. Um, but, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I want to get your point on uh, who we're going to take, take once he becomes an Australian citizen. Wow. You, you mean um, to, for, for the Australian team? Because you can only take one. And Matisse Thibault is the other one that's... Uh, I want Iguodala. No, Ta-da he's not Matisse. eligible. Ta-da, Matisse. Matisse, I think uh, I'm with you, believe it or not. I'm actually with you. As much as I love him... So do I. Defensively, Ta-da. he brings a lot. But we need scoring, uh, Roy. And I think that Bryce, he, is, he can score with the absolute very best of them. Hey, Mick, thanks, Roy. Mick, let us get to a break. We'll get to you on the mm. other side of the latest from the newsroom. Colin Carter has fair dinkum thrown a grenade in the football community. Mm-hmm. with a book that was released yesterday. Uh, he's going to join us to talk about it in the next half an hour. Mm. Yeah. yeah, of course it is. From the 90s. Yeah, really nice. <laughs>
chicken for you, what's her name? Uh, yeah. I know who it is, I can see it. Yeah. Tony, Tony Charles, Charles, that's it. There you go. Well done. Well Just, done. That's indeed. a remark. We've come to us at the same exactly. time. How did that happen? Because there's another name Spooky. on the screen. Do you want to read that other name that's been on the screen for a while? No. Because oh, I will. No, you won't. Okay. Uh, Mix in Mornington wants to talk some basketball. Uh, just oh, a lot of people want to. You just bring the basketball conversation to the table. You don't understand how popular it is right now. Why are you having a go at me? Because you don't understand. What are you having a go at me for? Well, I don't. Why do you think I don't understand? It's almost like it's a surprise that people want to talk hoops. Michael's <laughs> in Mornington. Good afternoon, Mick. <laughs> Hey, Gazy, how are you? Yeah, hey, Mickey, how are you, mate? Yes. Ha- Happy New Year and welcome back for the year. Looking Thank forward you. to it. Thank you. Um, got tickets for the Southside Flyers. Loving it. Taking my daughter and my wife and really involved in it. Loving Lauren Jackson. And, yes. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's just great. Beautiful. But, Murray, I had a basketball sign probably about 20 years ago by the bloke next to you. Yep. And... Um, how much did he? Uh, how much did he ask for it? See again, that's no, not it was, necessary. It was a function, and, and he he did it of his own. Um, oh, thank you. It was free. Seven ninety nine. And whatever, and I, <laughs> oh. somebody that knows him got it personally to me, so that was good. But I, I just want to know whether I've added how much extra value I've added to it by putting uh, Lauren's uh, signature on it as well now. Oh, oh way hell. more value oh, than hell. mine, I'm telling you right ha- now. Have, that have is... you got Jackson's signature on it as well? Yes, yeah, so you just said. He said he got, yeah, he's I got. Just did then. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's worth, yeah. worth plenty. Hey, that is thirty-five million dollars. Well, I don't think it's quite that level, but uh, now you're talking about one of the all-time great uh, Australian athletes. What she did last year was extraordinary, and what she continues to do just is mind-boggling. So I think that uh, she will go down history in history, Australian sporting history, not just basketball, entire sporting history as one of the all-time greats. No so, doubt about it. Well done, Mick. Uh, try and get some um, terps and rub off mine, and I reckon... No, leave that. I would right where might have devalued that ball marginally. Colin Carter to join us after the break. Just quickly before we get to the break, great news for Harry Sudar. We mentioned on the show yesterday the uh, January transfer window closing over there in the UK and Europe, and Harry Suter did get the signature done with Leicester. It's a game-changer for him. Five-year deal over in the uh, mm. Premier League. Uh, Leaves Stoke to go to Leicester. Great news. Great news. What are you to Highest ever. Oh, I've just read this. I didn't know if you're aware. Dean has just uh, hit us up on the temper text machine. The Denver Broncos have acquired Sean Payton from the New Orleans happened, right yep. Saints to be their new head coach. There you go. There you go. Right That's up. a big move. Thanks for that, Dino. Hopefully so, it's true. I wonder if, well, he's going to, he's going to now lump with Russell Wilson, who had the biggest stinky season. Nah, Sean Payton will get the best well, out of him. Well, let's wonder, do you think Russell Wilson's got anything left? He, he didn't have a good year. <laughs> uh, he's small, which doesn't help these days as well when you're trying to throw the ball. But uh, he's always been small. I know, but. And he's been a very good player in the past. True. But, Andy, yes. Andy, it does catch up with Has you. Has everyone else got to be bigger, have they, or has he shrunk? No, right, I'm just okay. saying so that it's not as issue. easy for the little fellas. Colin Carter has uh, he's got a theory. He's got a proposition that football, the start of football's history needs to be taken back 17 years. To, mm. uh, 27 years, I beg your pardon. And if it does, it will rewrite a football history as we know it. Yes. He's upset a lot of people. He's going to join us next. Great to have you with us. It's Wednesday afternoon. Corey Homicide-Williams in the studio after four. It'll be joy to see him for the first time in the new year. Before that, uh, yesterday a book was launched. 
um, Football's Forgotten Years, uh, written by the eminent Colin Carter, who, in, in amongst everything else that he's done mm-hmm. in his very full life, he's been the president of the John Footy Club and an AFL commissioner, and in the last 10 years has been researching, for his own reasons, uh, the origins of the AFL. Uh, and to that end, he's suggesting that there is 27 years that have been forgotten slash lost uh, in the recording of the history of the league we now know as the Australian Football League. And it's, uh, Colin, as we say, good afternoon and welcome to you. It's, uh, it's got people talking. Well, thanks for having me on the program. And, uh, yeah, it's an important subject and needless to say I've got some pretty strong views on it. So why 1870? We, we know that the, the official recording um, that we have come to sort of accept goes back to 1897. Well, why do you suggest it should go back to 1870? Well, it's not me. Um, One of the things that your listeners should understand, the evidence now is absolutely irrefutable that the early VFL, the founders, the clubs and the football community regarded 1870 as their starting point. And it was only until the 1920s that that story changed. I mean, there's a truckload of evidence. Um, For example, every edition of the football record until 1919 listed 1870 as a starting point. The magazine that preceded the footy record um, had hundreds of examples, all starting in 1870. And so this is not just Colin Carter inventing stuff. It is absolutely crystal clear that our founders mm. regarded 1870 as a starting point, and then the story changed. So, so wait, do, you, do you know the origins of why the story changed? Well, one of the things that happened to me early on, I spoke to Geoffrey Blaney. I was finding gaps in the data. I mean, for example, in researching... Charles Brownlow's life, I'd always thought he was an administrator, and it's a bit of a shock to find that he was captain of Geelong's 1883 premiership side playing in a six-team competition. The six teams were Geelong, Carlton, Essendon, North Melbourne, South Melbourne, and Melbourne. You sort of think, oh, hang on, something's funny here. But Blaney told me that the AFL records are wrong. He didn't say they were misleading or could be debated. He said they're wrong. They're a result of a feud between rival football officials And so what appears to have happened is that the VFL and the VFA were toxic competitors for most of their lives. And the VFA used to say they were the parent of Australian rules football. And uh, eventually the VFL wrote them out of history by saying that 1897 is a starting point. And, uh, yep. Sorry, Colin. Go on. Uh, But I was just going to say... Fascinating. When you talk about that rivalry, uh, when... Did that actually start where there were there were the two leagues, or, or did, did when you go back in history, like at the time, if you go back to those those missed years, yep. were there still only there was only the one league, which was the VFA? Is that correct? Uh, the VFA was the league until eighteen ninety seven, when the um, the VFL broke away from it effectively. Uh, eight of the thirteen clubs broke away, and by the way, in eighteen ninety six. Before the split, there were 13 teams that year and 11 of them are still in the AFL today. Mm. The teams broke away and formed the, the VFL and everybody thought the VFA would fall over, but they gathered strength, added some new teams. And over the next um, decades and decades, they were a formidable competitor to the mm. VFL for the attention of people. And for here's one fact for you. In 1908, the VFA grand final between Brunswick and Footscray attracted 44,000 people to the MCG <laughs> when there were only 600,000 people in Melbourne. So it was a formidable mm. competitor. So so you've got the – for a period there, you've got the two leagues running at the same time. Is it not yep. possible then just to look at that history and say this is a very integral part of our history 
but treat it more in isolation because there was the different leagues rather than trying to add them to the current um, history of the clubs in regards to premierships and, and other data. So, so it's recognised, but they're in different leagues. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, that's what a lot of people have said. What I think is now compelling mm. is that the VFL founders absolutely regarded that time before 1897 as part of their history, and ironically, the VFA disowned it. You read the book and you'll see that. But right. the important thing is that all the founders of the VFL for 20 years or more regarded the prior history of their own. For example, 1897... Essendon wins the first VFL premiership, but at the time, mm. everybody, including the AF, the AGM of Essendon, the footy journos, um, the footy records, all regarded that as their fifth premiership. Mm. Um, and that was a consistent pattern for 20 years, uh, nearly 25 years, and then the story changed. 1897 became year one, and the, the rest was basically airbrushed from history. Mm. Well, if on that basis, because and and the thing that's sort of where it gets a little murky because of the the the, the different leagues and how they emerged and they went from different leagues. How then do you? Um, what's your view on other state competitions and their relevance? Because the South Australians his, have, yeah. as they do, Colin, you know this well, but they've got very fired up about this. Mm. Yeah, but I think the uh, the question I've been trying to address is when did our competition start? Mm. The football in other states is massively important, and I'm a West Australian, so I understand that, but they are different competitions. Um, what is incontrovertible is that the football, for example, I mentioned a moment ago that the 1896, which doesn't exist in our record, there are 13 teams of which 11 are still in the AFL today. So this is all about the origins of our competition. Mm. The Sandfall is very important, but it's different. And the Waffle is very important, but it's different. And so let's not confuse the subject by sort of mm. yeah, the football Australia. Football in Australia is really important, but that's not what we're on about. Shouldn't then with those teams back then, uh, and I'm going through this myself, I don't know the answer, but shouldn't then those teams and their history be part of the VFA history rather than the VFL? And uh, Do you know what I'm saying? But they weren't, they weren't no, playing in those comps. No, they weren't in those comps. We're talking about who was playing each other. The analogy, a good analogy, is the Premier League broke away from the English Football League in 1992. Right. Very hostile, a lot of angst. And the Premier League is a completely different structure. But every one of the clubs runs their history back 100 years. Liverpool didn't start and Manchester United didn't start. Of course. In in 1992. And so that's the debate here. Um, Right. It's a pretty specious argument that some people make that because it was a separate legal structure, you can't have continuity with what went before. And there are mm. statute examples of which, which show that that is actually an argument that doesn't hold up. Right. The change to the premiership tables, one by each club, is seismic. And clearly, for a lot of people now, that will be a, a hot potato that will be impossible for them to move past. C- clearly, Colin, you would be arguing that if the history does get recognised as far back as 1870, then... Uh, the premierships won by all participating clubs since 1870 should be recognised? Absolutely. And yep. every premiership won between 1870 and 1896 was won by a club still in the AFL today. Yep. And as Mike Sheehan said in his endorsement on the book, you can't allow that to stand in the way of a correct understanding of football mm. history. I'm fully bothered, just for what it's, as a little aside, I'm 
in lockstep with you, Colin, on this one. Mm. I think it's a. I think it should. Those premierships should be recognised. Well, I'm trying to figure out why well, they Carlton wouldn't be. Would, well, Carlton would be atop the table oh, by right. two if that's the case. But that's just an <laughs> historical aside. It's got it's nothing to do with right. me and the team that I happen to support. Hey, uh, Col, we're talking to Colin Carter about the book that he's written, Football's Forgotten Years. You mentioned Mike Sheehan's endorsement. Mike Fitzpatrick, likewise. Uh, has been, you know, incredibly enthusiastic about the book and the facts and, you know, the, the potential impact. What happens next, Colin? Well, I uh, I would like the AFL to establish something like a heritage committee or a history committee to actually look at this stuff and also encourage this study of history of football across Australia. I mean, I in the book, I cite myself as Exhibit A for the carelessness of AFL in dealing with history matters. When I was on the commission, I didn't think about it. I was on the commission when the VFA folded and didn't make any attempt to find that the records were kept intact. And so, um, but I think the AFL is really busy and, and, and this stuff gets squeezed out. So they need a structure, an organisational unit, which actually deals with it. So that's what I'd hope. And I would hope people would look at the evidence. I mean, you're right. The, the I'm amazed at the emotional outbursts from people who haven't actually read the book yet. But the I was always accused of rewriting history. But what's very clear oh. now is it wasn't me. History was rewritten. Oh, and God. the question the AFL has to decide is whether they like the revised version or whether they go back That's to well. the version that the AFL founders He isn't. Mm. But he isn't the president of Collingwood anymore. But you know Eddie Maguire well. If he was the president of Collingwood still and with the release of your book and the revised potential premiership table the way it is, what do you reckon Eddie might have to say? Well, I'd hope that Eddie Eddie attacked me two or three years ago, um, uh, but uh, and that actually, in one sense, motivated me to really um, end- endorse a lot more, uh, to commission a lot more research. And so, what's happened in in lockdown is I got Mark Penning, so I think he's probably one of the most respected football historians to do the work for me. And he was researched the first thirty years of the VFL and came up with this overwhelming picture of the early VFL regard 1870 as a starting point. So I'd hope that if Eddie was asked an opinion about it these days, he would um, accept that this, his world has changed a bit. Colin, thanks for coming on. I look forward to getting my mm-hmm. hands on the book and reading it from cover to cover. We appreciate your time. Thanks very much, guys. Six minutes to four. That was the tradies out for Australian for Ace Cutters, Australian made built to last. Corey Omasol-Williams is about to join us. We'll get to some calls uh, after we finish with Corey. And I say that in the nicest possible way, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, regarding Colin Carter's proposition that 27 years mm-hmm. of the history have been wiped and they need to be reinstated, and mm. we'll get your views on that uh, and as I to whether or not, as is based on what you've heard mm. from the author of the book, whether you're uh, a supporter. Well, or not. I was a supporter until our off-air conversation, which uh, hopefully we can have again, because based on our off-air conversation, and you read out the how it would change the thing that you've left out on the basis of your argument. Then Port Adelaide, would, Port Adelaide would be uh, right and 100% on top because they Bigger won 7,000 uh, SA and FL. I never even mentioned Port Adelaide. I'm no, mentioning I, it, though. But on the basis of your well, argument. Do you want to have it now and we'll just leave Corey sitting there? No, is let's that what not you want do to do? That. Is that what you want to The man is in the studio. He's a, he's a beautiful man. Do you want to have a man. conversation about it and just completely disregard our guest who has gone through a magnificent and seismic life experience? He has. What a beautiful man you are. And may I say to your lovely family, congratulations. Thank you so much, gentlemen. I miss you guys, man. You guys, you know, been on vacation. Yes. And uh, it's great to see you and great to be back in this studio. Thank you again. Well, hang on. You're missing the point here. little Gabrielle going? Little That's Gabby. what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Gabby, Gabby's doing fantastic, man. Thank you guys. Mm. 
for the love and thank you for the text, the great one. Oh, I didn't, Appreciate I didn't it. even know and about it until yesterday. I would have sent you, I would have sent you a baby blanket or something, <laughs> some little booties or something. I don't know. What, what so uh, were you there? At, at, oh, of course. Of course. I was there. Yeah. And uh, it's an incredible experience to go through. And um, I'm just grateful that she's healthy yep. and mom is healing up and everything is status quo. So well, I couldn't be happier. Well, we couldn't be happier. Mm, that's great. Big going on in the world of hoops. Uh, we have got one week to go. Man. And it is a stunning conclusion to the National Basketball League season. And we won't know the official um, standings until the last game as per usual when it comes to the NBL. Mm. It always comes down to the last game and the last round. And um, it's been a fantastic season. Some uh, really good performances from some players that we probably didn't think could do what they've done, uh, a la Keanu Pinda. Mm-hmm. You know, last year he was most improved player, and this year up until those injuries, you know, we had him in the conversation of being MVP of the mm. league. So the leap that he's taken, um, some of these, uh, the next star, Rand Rupert, mm. Mm. what he's been able to do, New Zealand, what they've been able to do, Cairns, what they've, mm. it's been so many great things. Jack Jump is running back again mm-hmm. and is in a perfect position to actually finish up better than they did last year in the top four. Maybe. Well, they finished last year. Like, yeah, they maybe. finished last year in the top four. Maybe. Maybe. Right? They could still have to beat Illawarra. They still got to beat Illawarra. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sydney, top of the ladder, you know, after losing their incredible trio, mm. look where they at mm. with seven mm. as we sit here, as we sit here today, seven losses. Mm. Incredible. Incredible. So hey, who's going to make so Melbourne United on the, not even going to make it. No. Well, well, when, we, when we left each other at the end of 2022, <laughs> yeah. they were a joke. Dude. They were a joke, Melbourne United. They were struggling. Yeah. No, they were. They were they five cooked. and ten at that time, probably. Yeah, when about you that. Left they were, last, yeah, they we had left. no hope. And now they're on the verge. They're seventh, obviously, and it's four through seven that have got the chance of getting in, depending on how it all plays Highly out. Highly unlikely Melbourne United to make it. They, they need to beat the Adelaide 36ers. <laughs> now, it can depend on some other results as a so the exact no margin. they got no hope. Well, they do have a very slight – they need to have a, a, a record win okay. against the Adelaide. Something in the order – because percentages is what's <laughs> going to be their problem. Say again. <laughs> and it's going to need to be like 39-point win or something that's yeah. not – not completely ridiculously out, but almost ridiculously out of the question. So you're putting a line through Melbourne United. They can't no, make it. They, I they am. Can't make yeah. it. Don't worry about games. I got you. Yeah. Okay, I am. They're out. <laughs> First of all, I put a line through them in preseason. But what happened was, you know, I, I get it, right? I'm not going to sit and act like I never played before and just point fingers. I understand when there's key outs. Yep. And at the last minute of their offseason, the losses that mm. they took as far as the roster position, Jack White, NBA, yeah, yeah, yeah. JLA, Far yeah. East, Delhi, NBA. Those are locals. Mm. Those are those are positions that are damn near unfillable, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. at the time when they lost them. I understand that. Then you get new pieces. Now you need time to figure out how this thing can work and everybody like coming in together and buying in and uh, chemistry and all of these things. Then you get Shea Illy out, right? The next star, the center, mm. out, right? The German young sensation, out. These are hard. Hook, hook Porty. Right, Hook Ariel Porty, Hook-Porty. sorry. Mm. Ariel Hook Porty. These are hard positions to fill. 
first half was a hot mess. Five and ten. That was the last time I saw you both. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They made a mistake uh, with their airing pool. I think they can see that Jordan right. Caroline wasn't a good player, but wasn't the right fit, fit. for what they need. But they did do. Oh, and they, they have, did they? they? Talk about it with Marcus Lee. <laughs> oh, talk about it coming in. They did pick up someone that if they had had him at the start of the season and the way it's all worked out, different conversation. Completely different. I think they've won eight of their last nine. Or Unbelie- something. Unbelievable yeah. what they've been able to do once Shaley came back healthy and XRM um, landed uh, safely and turned around his role coming mm. back off the bench. But the big key, Ray John Tucker. Oh my! Look, Ray John Tucker right now, NBA player. Mm. He's hitting the three, the floor stretches. Remember, he came in early and said, "I'm the best new import." Da 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 da. Heaps of things to start. Had to he done mm. in the second half, I believe he thought he coming into the season he was going to look like how he looked in the mm. second half. Right now, mm. in the first half, mm. that didn't happen. It's happened late. He's been uh, he has been impressive. Mm. No, he's been very Yeah, Goulin so, picked hey, up, Andy, done his thing as well. So, Andy, for you, uh, and I don't know of any other league, elite-level league, mm. where you've had a player, he spoke about uh, Keanu Pinder, where you've had a player win the most improve and still improves enough the year after he wins it to potentially winning it again. Right. Now, I don't – that's unheard of. Just say that again, please. So – Two years ago, playing not playing at all, really, with the Adelaide 36ers, not very good. Goes to the Cairns Taipans uh-huh, and yep. was a revelation mm-hmm. and wins the most improved by the length of the straight. Everyone, yep. this is unanimous. It's no problems here. Well, now he's in the conversation the following year because he's now, for a lot of the season, was an MVP candidate. Back-to-back most improves. Back-to-back. Now, have you ever heard of that? I've never heard of that anywhere in the he world. He's about to get it. No, I don't think you'll get it. Come on, man. Will McDowell White, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's he has had pick. a fantastic yeah. year. Will McDowell White, shout out to Will. And New Zealand Breakers. Mm. They, they've had, you know what? That team may collect the most mm. postseason awards. Um, they may. Maybe. Defensive maybe. player of the year. Six man of the year. Mm, mm. Most improved. Coach of the year. Mm. Second team All-NBL. At least mm. two of them could make that. Well, I'm a bit. I've got a little asterisk next. I think Barry Brown was going. Now here's another one for you, Andy. He was the independent judge. So you've got this sure. sixth man. Not sure. I'm totally no, no. But, but it's, a, it's right a logical question, right and and certainly hit us up on the temper text machine if you've got an opinion. You've got a sixth man of the year award, and that is the player that comes off the bench yeah. and plays a role. Sure, Barry Brown Jr. is a star. For the New Zealand Breakers, I think he's leading the league in score, uh, leading the team in scoring, and I think he may be actually, if he's not the leading minutes guy, he's playing big in starter the top, minutes, starter minutes more than you know, leading scorer. Yes, maybe the most minutes now because he coming off the bench. Well, yes, but hang on, here's the thing. So he's coming off the bench, but he's really not. Coming back onto the bench. Okay. Most sixth men you talk about are going to be playing that role where you're, you're filling in and you're coming sure. in. Sure. And that's what we call a sixth man. Now, it's, to me, it's a bit of a technicality that he doesn't start because he's playing like a starter. How, how average-wise, how early in the games does he come on? 
first four minutes, five minutes max. So he's technically he's he's a, he's a six man. Six man. He's but not he's starting. Not, he's not starting. That means Gays ain't vote for him if he's saying no, all I did. I did. I, that's what I'm talking I about. I voted for him. Okay, beautiful. Because they're the rules. But is it is it an anomaly in the rule? When it's kind of a technicality. Yeah, but sure. Well, because he's playing starter minutes. Well, Corey, go your hardest here. I, I would six man. He coming off the bench. He's coming off the bench. Six man. They're not deliberately <laughs> trying to get him. They're not. They're not using no, him that. Way. They're not using him that way to deliberately mm. try and win this award. No, that's true. That is true. So they've obviously got five they prefer on the court at the opening tip off so in every they, game. I, and I don't know the exact numbers, but let's just say is he one, better than their fifth one of their starters might play more typically a six, say 14 minutes a game. He plays 30 minutes a game. Very odd. You understand it's, what I'm I know what you're saying. I'm yeah. certainly saying. Yeah. And it's very odd. I think they put him on the bench because he the scoring hurt. punch, mm. too, though, that he brings off the bench, there's mm. nobody else in their rotation that could put up numbers the way he puts uh-huh. up. So uh-huh. it gives their bench an offensive punch. So what's And it, I voted for uh, – now, I don't have any um, say. I only voted for the nominations. But I absolutely he – he was my number one. Beautiful. Because of the rules. Yo, he been going. But like he, how many people are voting in this thing? Well, it's only the players. There's two players and the coaches mm-hmm. of each team. Yeah. So they have a nomination com- committee, which yeah. we're virtually – we're not redundant. but we're, Why are you voting in it? Because we we put put forward the nominations Who's in the we? categories. Who's we? There's a, a select committee that comes together. That... Are you on this committee, Corey? No. Why not? It has been in the past, haven't you? By the Never. way, can no. I just while we're talking about lists and stuff? Oh, sorry. Do you have more to add to that? Well, or I'm just it... saying uh, there was a lot of brouhaha the last week or so because the final top three in the MVP, the sixth man, and the, and in particular the defensive player of the year. And there were some that were critical of the nominations committee, but we don't actually... Ah, uh, this is what you brought up with Scott Roth when we yes. spoke to him two days yeah. ago. We don't actually have uh, any say. It, it ultimately comes down to the coaches and the players. We nominate them, but the nominations... Like, I saw the uh, the final nomination form, and there were 13 <laughs> candidates that the players could choose from uh-huh. for MVP. Now, honestly... Right. There, there's really only five or six. That, right. But they put them all yeah, well, in you're there. You're better off putting them all in there. So you, you know. Well, then why have the nominations committee? Right. You're going to broaden it that far. So right. you'll be defended, eh? No, I'm is not. This, we're getting, this we're getting to the number. I am now. not. I actually think You've it's... spent the time. You've narrowed it down to five or six. No. And then what goes out to the popular vote is 13 or 14. You're now, well, why am <laughs> no, I wasting no. my time? No. Coming down, we're spending no. all my time working my way through this to, to narrow it down for not you. Not at all, but I think it's important that the people understand that it's not the nominations committee that has anything to do with who's well, winning the competition. Well, there's right. clearly more to that, and we should talk about it, uh, right. if not for the in the conversation today, but throughout. But, Corey, speaking of committees and panels and all the rest of people with influence in the game of basketball, mm. I did notice on the holidays that I think it was News Limited ran a, uh, a poll of sorts as to the 20 most influential people in basketball in Australia. And Gazy came in at number five, there or thereabouts, on the panel's mm. list, and there was a popular vote that people could speak, and I think he came in at number two or three on that. Mm. I didn't see this at the time. I said, where did Corey Williams, where did Homicide Williams come in in the top 20? <laughs> Not in the 20. Now, I don't know whether you saw this thing, but I, I just want to go. I want to go on the record and say that is a false poll, <laughs> because if we are talking about the twenty most influential people in the National Basketball League here in Australia, in basketball in Australia, you, my my friend, mm. must be in the twenty. And I'm not saying this because you're here. 
you have as big a voice and presence, mm. therefore influence in basketball in Australia, then dare I say, me, Josh Giddy. He has more influence Josh than me. Giddy, Josh Giddy was part of it. Giddy's no a great one, man. Josh Giddy's a magnificent player. <laughs> How but, are you number five? No, no, but I have no influence. Why? Keith, why was yes. he not in the 20? I don't Who know. Who was the 20? I didn't. There's a couple of blokes I've never heard mm. of, a couple of agents. No, they've got to be players on there. Mm. Right? A couple players, players on Paddy there. Mills was number one. But again, you can argue mm. enormous respect and that's nah, a, a nice conversation. What influence is Paddy having in basketball in Australia right now? Well, well his work, what he did with the, at the Olympics. No, Paddy Mills right deserves, mm. I, I always say it like he deserves a statue. Mm. It's a separate right argument. Now. I agree, but it's a separate argument. Well, I mean, mm. he brought the medal home. I, I'm with he you. has to be number one. Who uh, else is active right now? That has the most so impact. So Bogut was in there. There was a couple of, I've got the 20 in front of me. I should have the 20 in but front he, of me. So. Can I say that the most influential is person. Larry Kesselman. Is, is Larry Kesselman. He, he ain't on the list. So what, what can I say? No, I think he would have been on the list somewhere. He's on the list. He's uh, definitely on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's but, number but, two. He's number where two. Where is the me. list? I'll get it. We'll get the list. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll get to a break. And in fact, we'll get to it's Artie first. News. No. It's, yep. I want you to – I'm going to put you on the hot seat here, what? and I want you to respond mm-hmm. to the other 19 blokes or the 17 or 15 or 16 or 17 that well, we haven't got Well, they all have influence. Why? Yeah, they all Because they should be in the 20. Oh, yeah, we, but we all know that. We don't need to go through – I think we do. We don't need to belittle others just to raise yeah, Corey. Right. Well, no, we're just – if you're number 21, yeah, we, that's we, a good we, result. We're not snubbing nobody no. on that list. Artie's in I just want – hey, he brought it up. I just like I to know, know yeah, what the list is. I am bringing it up. I'm bringing it up. What's the list? I'm bringing it up. Let's see the name. 18 Artie's in Sydney. wants to talk to you two okay. blokes about the National Basketball League. Good afternoon to you, Artie. How are you, gents? How's it all going? Good, Good thanks, Artie. What's going on? That's the way. Uh, I went along to the basketball on Sunday to watch the Kings versus Phoenix. Yes. And um, I haven't been to the basketball in about probably seven or eight years. I was telling one of your workers before. Mm-hmm. And I was just super impressed with the product that... Uh, yeah. Paul Smith and his team from Sydney put out. Yep. The entertainment throughout the game was unbelievable. Brilliant. My little kid, we brought we brought two families along for fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. You cannot get a better product and entertainment value in any sport coat. Mm-hmm. And that's from AFL right down to you know your Ooh. NRLs that probably don't even get the record crowd mm-hmm. that they got. On Sunday, of thirteen thousand and six hundred people at Kudos, yep, and it was just the best environment. The atmosphere was unbelievable, and like I said, that whoever's the owner, the Paul yep. Smith guy, he's he has put in his heart and soul into that basketball team, and I'll, I'll guarantee you, I'm going to go along again to watch them in the next couple of weeks because it was just money well spent. Well done. And, and Well, he's in the top 20. Well, he has put his money in, so he's in he the top is 20. investing in it, and he's doing a great – they've done an, an amazing yes, job. Yes, they have. And Good the course. other thing, Artie, is – and there's no denying this, of course – winning helps. And 100%. They, they are winning a lot. They're defending champs. The, their game presentation has oh, – I've said this on air – is the best in the business because – yeah, they do a little bit of music here and there, but it's not overpowering. They let the game speak just as much as the other stuff that goes along with it. And they have the balance 100%, in my view, 100% correct, Corey. You've been there many times. It's a, it's a, And their last four or five games, they've had more than 10,000 to their last... Amazing numbers. And Andy, 
I don't know I'm, if you're being facetious or not. I'm being serious. <laughs> had a Corey, you know of... me well. That's a legit. That's I'm being no, completely genuine. Well, that would be great that, numbers. That would be getting more more to their games than I, I dare say many of the NRL teams. Oh, Andy. Yeah. Oh, you're taking on the NRL now. No, I'm just saying oh, it's just to, just as a comparison to say how strong the game is. Gay slams NRL I'm crowds. not slamming it. <laughs> I'm just saying. That'll get picked up. I'm not slamming. That'll get picked up. You said that. Hutchie, I did not say that. Hutchie's in the top 20. Well, he owns the Bendigo Braves, uh, uh, the um, Spirit. Spirit and the Bendigo Braves. That's Perth. their old names. Uh, the Bendigo <laughs> Spirit and he owns the Perth Wildcats. And owns a media organisation that spends a lot of time, like we are doing right now, talking. We well, owns us. Oh. He owns this show. Well, he doesn't really own us. He owns this microphone. That's really this computer. The chair we're sitting on. <laughs> uh, Corey Homicide Williams is in the house for tyre power. The MVP tyre experts for your family. You haven't told me who's going to make the final, what the finals are going to look like. So you can do that for me. I can tell you right now if oh, you no, want no, to hear no. it. I want, to, I want, to, I want I, people I want to it. tune we, back in on the other side of the break to hear it. And we need to hear his thoughts of what's a few issues that have got, been bouncing around in the NBA as well. Oh, Shannon Sharp. Take us on. Uh, let's, I want to hear let's talk about we'll it. We'll do all of that after this. Corey Homicide Williams in the studio. Thanks to Tyre Power, the MVP tyre experts for your family. Mm. Um, hey, Andy, just, go on. you mentioned something, and we're about to talk about LeBron James. We are. And he is on the cusp of breaking uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's <sighs> all-time scoring record. Check this out. It's it's always hard to know because you don't know what game. 89 he's, points to go he's got. He's got 89 points to go, and they're su- suggesting that it might be against OKC, which would yep. be against Josh Giddy. Uh Apparently, tickets for the game. Now, check this $75,000 people are paying for a ticket to see a piece of history. Now, how disappointed would you be if you went along and he needs 12 points? And in the first quarter, he does an ankle. He's got six. You pay seventy five. Or Giddy just goes head to head with him and shuts him out. And you you don't see it. Now, I think that's unlikely, but. Yeah, that's the that's the power of the man. So Corey, he gets twenty eight today. They get a result against the Knicks in a hard fought one twenty nine one twenty three win. Some people are saying that he's is solely interested in the record now and he's point chasing. That's you, not true at all. Because I mean, ultimately, he's going to get the record anyway. It's not like he has yeah, a, a definitive point. date that he needs to get it on. He's going to get the record anyway. Yeah. So it's just a matter of. When and it's not he's not tripping on that because he's going to get it anyway. It's the the first half yeah, of the season it. has not even finished yet. He got a whole nother half of season to go yet, so he ain't point chasing. That's not the case at all. I mean, if anything, man, like what he's been able to do, we've never seen nothing like this before. You know, so just to be able to have your body still the Incredible. peak condition that it he's in is unbelievable. Mm, mm. So. You know, we're, we're watching greatness, so let's just, you know, enjoy it. The West is – I know you mentioned there's a long way to go. The West is insane. It is. It is dead set insane. From third down to where the Lakers are 13th right now, now there's a long way to go. But good luck trying to read what's going to happen in that in that conference. Kind of like NBL 23, right? Correct. <laughs> Unpredictable. Yeah. One win and one loss could drop you high as top six well, or down to 12. So, so, and that's why he was mad at your team – for fouling him, okay, and so, he didn't get the call. So talk to me about that refereeing decision and the fact that there's no opportunity to review that on video. Look, I don't. I hope that doesn't change where down the stretch you can't review. Um, that was kind of like an old school type of uh, 
play where the ref is like, listen, I'm not bailing you out. This game ain't going to end on the free throw line. Like, but you got to hack. I mean, that's, that's a horrifically bad decision. Look, I agree. I'm not saying it was a good decision. I'm just saying the ref was like, I'm old school with this. Like, no, but that's, that's yeah, you get foul, like, I just missed it. We're not. No, no, no. That was that was a blatant foul. There was a ref mm. underneath the basket with the perfect angle. It's unbelievable. Tatum is fouling him from this way. Mm. So the ref is where you at. How do you not see that? Well, that's the ref it. from the top. Yo, all the angles, you can clearly see he mm. got fouled. And because it's so tough for him this year, I don't think we've ever seen LeBron react that way. Well, he, <laughs> so to react, give me a Because these guys he spoke about the eyes, so he was a bit over. So what did you make of his pressure, response? man. Like, you know... It's pressure. It's a bit much, though. He I mean, it definitely wasn't much. It was a, it was a whole lot. Yeah, so it was more than a bit much. It was a yeah. whole lot, and it was the drama with mm. Pat Beverly comes with, with the, the camera. camera with the right. It's so LA. They acting, man. It's I actually didn't mind what Patrick. I thought Patrick Beverly was funny. He said he should have <laughs> been a tech foul. Yo, well, that was tech. epic. He got a tech. I know, but, but I thought it was kind of funny. No, mm. but let me tell you the wild thing that continued. I don't know if y'all saw this. They showed the referee's record when he refs the Celtics go home games. They're like 18 and one with him. And two, I think it was. And then on top of that, hold on, hold on. Oh my God. And on top of that, the ref's wife went on Twitter and oh posted no. her and the two daughters with all Celtics jerseys. Oh no. Yo, That's I was sh- like, yo, listen, I'm going to tell y'all this right now. No. Now, I'm, don't quote me on this. I'm not speculating nothing. Uh, just don't be careful. But I was going to say, don't be careful. We job. don't want to be sued here. So no. just... All right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard never to, mind. It's hard to believe that that happened. What did you make a couple of weeks ago? The Shannon Sharp came on the front. Stephen Adams comes in at the end, having a go at the player. What did you make of all of that? So here's the thing, right? Look. In American sport culture, we trash talk, right? Mm-hmm. So what happened was how it got set off was the fellow that he said, I forgot his name, where he said, you can't guard LeBron. LeBron can't, you can't do nothing with LeBron. Mm. He said something disrespectful, but walked to the bench. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, F you. <laughs> so Shannon was like, F you. <laughs> so then from there, you know, if you're going to say that, say it in my face. So don't say nothing, right? right I'm yeah. courtside. I'm right here. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, you know, when it, that happens, teammates got to act like they got your back, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So then once you come in, <laughs> you know what I mean? Somebody going to hey. have Gaze back if I'm having some conversation with Gaze. Hey, you know what? Then you're going to jump into that. When the, uh, when the human peacemaker, Stephen Adams, said in, Stepped in, and that is a big, big New Zealand boy. Yeah, big same. seven foot, big yeah, boy. A lot of hair. And you just saw that Shannon might have said, you know what, I might have the little fella, but your backup <laughs> is solid. Listen. And I just might need to pipe down a little bit and just. Uh, and the, here's the thing they removed him. Yeah. Had a bit of a chat to him, and then they allowed him back in. Right. There's no one that. Only because of his super. He's, Yo, um, listen, Shannon Sharp. No well, doubt. That's the only reason they allowed him back in. No doubt. But Shannon Sharp is a huge. I don't know if y'all seen Shannon Instagram, how he work out. Mm. He ain't no punk. He's a big man. He's a big man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hey, that would have been one. I'm it wouldn't have happened. Steven Adams ahead of Yeah, that wouldn't happen anyway. But mm. it wouldn't have happened. But I mean, Steven Adams is a beast. Mm. He on. wasn't happy with his uh, co host on their TV show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Shannon Sharp. Uh, what's his Skip, name? Skip, Skip Bayless. Bayless. Yeah. He Skip. was not happy with some of the stuff that Bayless was saying. I mean, the way he, like, 
there's history with it, right? Let's just say, you know, we have a disagreement today and it's a one-off thing. Fine, whatever. But this thing, every time he brings up Tom Brady. Who? Uh, yeah, no, no. Whenever Shannon brings, brings up, up Tom, Tom Brady, right. because I, let's face it, man, Tom Brady, as great as he is, he had a, a, a horrible year, yeah. right? It's not up to his standard. Mm. So all Shannon is saying, like, yo, dude, like, retire. Like, it's not a good look at all. And every time that happens, Skip is taking personal shots <laughs> at him. So it finally boiled over. And then, you know, these things happen. It's a debate show. Yeah. So these things happen from time to time. But it was just a bit much. And, you know, that's what happened. Hey, one of the members of the Collingwood uh, Leadership Group, Braden Maynard, we've just found he's going to join us in the next half hour. So we're going to let you go. It's already 25 to 5. You've done your overtime anyway. Here's what I wanted to go tell you all real quick. Go. Everybody that's on the list is worthy of being on the list. 100%. Well deserved. You've had a look at um, it. I am a person that, look, I just come to do the work. You know what I mean? I'm here, so the results showing with the work that I'm doing. One thing I've learned, mm-hmm. I don't play ball anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't care about individual accolades. This shit is a team thing. <laughs> and, yo, I'm going to give you real talk. Like, you know, as an import, you got to care about some individual accolades mm-hmm. or else you won't have a good job the following year. I'm not in that lane anymore. So as long as the team wins... Corey mm. is good. <laughs> you are, I'll leave you like that. Uh, Corey Homicide Williams for Tire Power. Well, gone, he's, we've transformed him. Let's I mean. get to the newsroom. <laughs> Every now and again, Keith, uh, you get the opportunity to talk to a footballer who you wish wore your mm. club's jumper. Mm-hmm. You wish he wore your club's jumper. And uh, the recast. And Colling- good basketball pedigree, I might add. Well, you can ask him about that right at the very end, but there's more important things to be talking to him about right now, I would have thought he's been. Yes. I think I'm right in saying added to the Collingwood Leadership Group for the first time. Darcy Moore, the new captain. How Adams uh, retained their spots. And Brainerd Maynard, All-Australian last year, part of that uh, amazing Collingwood team that captured the imaginations of all of us has been good enough to join us. Hey, mate, thanks for your time. And, and congratulations. I'm right in saying that, aren't I? The first time you've been part of the leadership group. Yeah, mate, that's it. I um, I mean, we had when Bucks was around, we did have an emerging leaders group um, that took place for about a year or two, uh, which I was a part of, and there was about six to eight blokes in that. But um, yeah, officially in the leadership group for the first time, which is um, yeah, quite amazing, and I'm absolutely stoked. Congratulations, Braden. And uh, when I when we watch you play, we can see why this has come about. There's right. a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of direction. There seems to be a lot of leadership exuding. From what uh, the way you play your, uh, the, your footy, how does the team decide this? Is this uh, with both the captaincy and the leadership group? Is, is there a player feedback? Is there a vote? Is it just the coaches? How do they come to these decisions? Yeah, so pretty much we um, we actually had a camp in Lawn the start of last week that went for a couple of days, and um, it was it was uh, voted there. Um, we pretty much. Um, had to all the players had to vote, and then uh, some of the staff actually got to vote as well. So um, yeah, it was predominantly player based, but the staff definitely um, they had a say as well. So obviously for Darcy, um, a huge congratulations to him. He's best fitted for the job, and um, I feel like uh, he will do really well going forward. But I feel like we we have a group um, this year and going forward where everyone. Everyone has to be a leader, and everyone is a leader, and that's why I feel like we've got such a unique group this year which um, can do great things this year. Oh, of course. And uh, how would you describe uh, Darcy's leadership style? 
very, very good. I, I love the way he goes about it to us. He's very professional in everything he does. He's a great leader on and off the field. Um, holds himself to a really high standard with everything he does. Um, you've obviously, you boys, I don't know if you've spoken to him before, but the way he speaks, uh, speaks to the media, sorry, is uh, probably the best I've seen. He's, he's really mature. So um, to have him appointed as captain is, is great for the club and I can't wait to see mm. um, what we can do. Impossible not to um, identify the fact, Braden, that there's three defenders and a blue collar nose over the footy <laughs> midfielder who make up the uh, leadership group. Uh, will there be a word had with any of the thoroughbreds <laughs> up in the forward line, the pretty boys who like, uh, you know, like doing things a little bit lardy da? <laughs> oh, mate, they just kicked out. So, uh, uh, it's, um, it's good to see uh, three backmen in the leadership group. And um, I feel like, yeah, we've had, we've had a strong backline full of leaders. But um, like I just touched on, our whole team, we have such great leaders all around the field, and that's what makes up a really good team and a champion team. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see, um, and I can't wait for round one because I feel like we're in really good nick at the moment and everyone's training the house down, so it's great to see. Beautiful. Yeah, everyone's really training the house down. <laughs> Everybody looks good at this time of year. It's true, though. They do come back. They do. Yeah. Unbelievable. Fantastic. They yeah. just, re- they're all cut and oh, yeah. fit. Tanned. Unbelievable. New haircuts. That's right. Hey, now, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're personally, and of course with the team last year, was something special with the Collingwood Football Club, the true. way in which you were able to win all those close games and the style of play, play the brand of footy. Uh, do you, are you doing much different this time around or is it more about a, just trying to do what you did last year a little bit better? Oh, I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to give too much away, mate, but um, <laughs> you'll have to wait and see what we've got in store. But Ooh. we've uh, we've, tweaked a, we've tweaked a few things around, and um, which you have to these days because everyone's sort of um, playing the same way and everyone loves an exciting brand of footy and it seems like there's a few more teams obviously with coaches that are going to be playing sort of the same way. Um, I don't think there's too many teams now that play a boring uh, brand of football, but um, I honestly still can't believe what happened in 2022, <laughs> to be completely honest. Where, I mean, living in the moment when it was happening, you kind of didn't think about it, but looking back, uh, winning 11 or 12 on the trot, by, by, I don't know how many points it was, it wasn't many, but on average, it was, it was great. It was a great year to be a part of, and um, I honestly think we're um, a chance to go better this year and do good things. So I don't know whether you, how vivid your memories are of the prelim, mate. We're up there calling the game, and you look spent. Not not you individually, but the group. You look completely spent at three-quarter time, and yet somehow against them at their home ground, you came again. You found something. What? What? what can you remember... You know that moment when you identified the fact that the team was rallying, and what was it about that group last year, and hopefully in coming seasons, that is never out of a game of footy? What what what's the key element of that? Well, we always well, Fly always speaks about uh, managing the moments and just uh, the grit, the grit to win, um, and knowing we could come back if we were down um, by however many points it was. I mean, we. We didn't like to be in that situation and it probably wasn't the best way to win because, um, yeah, it was too close for us for um, what we wanted. But, I mean, yeah, like I said, the grit, the grit to win and knowing that we could come back and run over teams. We had a really big off-season 
and pre-season with the new head of fitness. So we felt really fit going into games. Um, but yeah, three-quarter time, we just knew what to do if we were down. And um, obviously the belief grew from the first couple of times we uh, we ended up coming back winning games. And then from there on in, it was just, just absolutely mayhem. It was crazy. <laughs> it, was. It, was, um, it was, mate. Hopefully it's a bit different this year, but uh, who knows, mate. That's footy and that's what uh, it'll, it'll top up with us. So. No, and, and you know the thing about it, it was a delight to watch because, that, yeah, there was a, a system base to it. There's no doubt about it. And we had Craig McRae in here on a, on a regular basis last week, last year and, he, and he'd explain it to it. And you could see it. You could see the system. But the, the other thing that stuck out – and I want to know whether this is just personality because of the type of personalities you had on your team or is it is it orchestrated with some of the drills and the things that you might do probably off the, the field? Is there seemed to be a joy about the way in which you play? There was a – not just you, but your, your team. There seemed like there was – playing with a smile on your oh, face yeah. and, and, and we know how important yeah. it is. Now, is that something that you, you, yeah. you train for, or is that just because you've got those types of blokes in the group this that last season? No, it's pretty much we, we train it. Like, we, we celebrate each other, and it's not just the goals you have to celebrate. It's all the one percenters, the marks, the tackles, the spoils. And we do practice at a training, and um, if you come down to our trainings, you will see that we train the way we play, and we play an exciting brand. And um, last year, it's good to see and good to get feedback off uh, people that don't even go for Collingwood, generally enjoying us mm. um, playing football and watching us. And um, yeah, there's not many people that enjoyed watching us back in the day, but uh, now people really uh, love watching us play and love watching the way we go about it. So that's great to hear. Um, and yeah, I think this year we're going to uh, do the same thing again. And just before we let you go, 37, mm. you'd made it your own 161 games in the jumper and, now you go into the 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 da number of number four. Uh, did you did you have to think much about this? No, nah, mate, I didn't have to think about it at all. I um I've I've loved number four my whole life. It's my favourite number. I've always been number four, and um, I've always said that if number four ever came up, then I'd um I'd change into it. Whether it was four years into my career or. Uh, 15 or however long. If I was in the back end of my career, I would have gone to it still because um, it was my dream to play number four for Collingwood and um, that's happened. So it was an easy decision, even though I did love 37 and I, um, I played a fair few games in it. But uh, yeah, I'm stoked to be in number four. Nice. Well, mate, your footy club's lucky to have you. Uh, you had a super season last year. So did the entire team. We can't wait to see what you and your teammates uh, produce in 2023. Not long to go now, mate. Mm. So congratulations on the appointment to the leadership group and thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, guys. Good Appreciate man. you having me on. You're, You're a good, good man. man. Braden Maynard joining us. Three minutes past five. Great to have you with us this Wednesday afternoon. Don't forget the front bar on tonight. Uh, back for our all sports specials. There's a, it's a beauty. half a dozen of those before the footy season starts. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, The bar show. John Bertram and um, Lauren Jackson joining us on the show tonight. So it's going to be absolutely fantastic mm. from uh, nine o'clock tonight on and, and let's not, Network. And let's also not forget uh, for the hoops lovers out there, the jump is on at 8.30 at ESPN. They don't even need reminding. 5.09 on the, uh, on the Foxtel Clicker. It's in their it's in their mental diary. They uh, don't need to be reminded. It's automatic. Need a little bit. It's a... automatic for the basketball fans to no. just go bang at at seven thirty. Uh, sorry, eight thirty 
on a Wednesday night. No, that's not like true that. because the last few three or four Wednesdays has been a game on, so it's been on a bit later. So, yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. So there is a bit of an adjustment. No doubt. Danny Daly's been good enough to join us, footy manager up at the Brisbane Lions, and they have had a very, very busy off-season with a whole lot of stuff done through the trade period, uh, free agency. They were active as well. Uh, Danny, thanks for joining us on the show. The, the most recent news is the one that I'm, I'm keen to start with, if you don't mind. The Marcus Adams situation, we've seen Paul Seedsman at the Adelaide Crows as well, and um, your rugged defender looks like he's, you know, committed to sitting out the entirety of 2023 with um, with concussion effects. Um, how's he going, and, and how did we arrive at this decision? Yeah, how are you, boys? Thanks for having me Good. on. Um, honoured, honoured to be on your show. Oh, it's oh, a joy to be after, after all these years. Yes. It's, I don't know why it's, you've been ducking and weaving for all these years. I don't know why you've <laughs> taken so long to come on. Well, because you haven't asked me on for a right. anyway. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, going really well here. It's, uh, it's been a terrific um, off-season and pre-season for us, yeah. But uh, the Marcus Adams one is obviously uh, unfortunate for Marcus. Um, I think we all know the story behind it. He copped a bit of a knock against uh, Carlton and had delayed concussion. It's, um, you know, despite, you know, all the treatment he's been getting uh, and the professionals he's been seeing, he just hasn't been able to get himself right um, in terms of his his head and feeling well enough to um, be able to, to commit to footy or even running or training. So mm. um, it's, it's one of those ones just from a player's perspective where, you know, rather than, you know, him not knowing what's going on or where he stands, that you, you sort of make a decision in conjunction with the experts, the doctors and, and Marcus and his management and his family that, uh, you know, you put him on a, an inactive list and, and just give him time to get himself right. Um, and that's where it's sitting at the minute. Um, he's still talking to, you know, doctors and, and the best people to be able to talk to to, to get right, and he's making some, some small in-grounds and some small improvement, but, you know, he's still got a little bit of a way to go. So, uh, yeah, at this point in time, we'd be, we'd be very unlikely to play for the season, I would have thought. That's uh, disappointing, Danny, and uh, we, I'm sure you're aware there's a Senate inquiry going on as mm. we speak in regards to this issue, and we're not sure... What that uh, the, the outcomes will be from that, but from uh, the AFL perspective and your own club's perspective, as far as that this whole issue, which is a very very serious issue, do you think you you're in a, the league and the clubs are in a good space now with being able to manage the issues associated with it? Um, it's a great question, and I think over the last couple of years, it's obviously come to the fore a little bit more, and um, there's a lot of research being done by you know, the AFL and clubs um, and the experts, and, and we're getting better in the field and knowing a little bit more about it. But, you know, gee whiz, there's a long way to go. Mm. Like, no one knows what's going on inside the brain and, and how it all works and the damage that's associated with these these knocks that the players get in the, the brutal game we play. So, and everyone's different. You know, Marcus is a, he's a really intelligent man and he's a thinker and, um, you know, you just got to be really wary and careful about how much you do with him. Mm. Um and sometimes nothing is is is, is yeah. enough for them. Yeah. They, they don't feel good. So, you know, and the other thing is, um, you know, we're very mindful of his well-being, and he's he's 30 years of age, and he's got a longer life left ahead of him. So, you know, we want to make sure that as a as a football club, but also as an AFL organisation, that uh, you know, we're doing everything that we possibly can to to help him through that and, and get the right advice and come out of it the, at the right end, we hope. So it's a very touchy and delicate subject at the minute. It's not the first time your footy clubs had to go through this. Justin Clark, of course, who was 
really establishing himself as a high quality young defender. Uh, made the decision probably six or seven years ago now to uh, put footy behind him. He was he'd had a couple of these incidents and went on to become a road sort of invited to be a road scholar. I think he might have been back in the day. Danny, you've been involved in the game for so many years. How much has it changed in this space? Oh, it's been massive, and and you guys have been around long enough as well to to see it as well. But um, you know, ten years ago, blokes were getting knocked out and training on the Tuesday and. Um, yeah, it's 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 been massive. We've had another one, Jack Frost, for example, three years ago. He came to our right. football club and got a concussion, and um, he had to give the game away. So we've had three in the space of you know six years. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's a as I said, it's a brutal game, and there's more knocks to the head, and, and we all see the you know the damage. Like um, yeah, it's not great. Um, you know, we had a guy up here that I knew, Paul Green in the NRL, who you know unfortunately oh, committed course. suicide. Yeah, yeah last year and um you know they did some research into his brain and it was it was a mess for Paul Bugger. so um yeah it's one of these ones we've got to be very careful about and make sure we're doing everything that we need to uh for the benefit of the player you know you're mindful of course we all are putting too much on kids uh just to change the subject um what are you expecting out of Marcus Ashcroft uh, Will yeah, Will Ashcroft mm. Marcus's kid of course what mm. are you expecting out of Will Ashcroft um, this season, uh, Danny? Well, yeah, well, I mean, everyone, again, has seen what he, he can do, but we had a practice match on Friday night and he was probably close to one of the best on the ground. So <laughs> mm. in his own mind, I think he uh, he thinks he's, he's ready to attack the AFL with vigour and have a fantastic season and, and be part of our 18 and um, so many spot in the side, which he's capable of doing. But we're also mindful that he's a young kid and uh, he's coming into a pretty, pretty good outfit at the minute. So... Uh, he knows that he's got a bit of work ahead of him and what he needs to do. But, you know, the world's his oyster. If he performs well, he'll keep playing and he'll keep playing a role for us and get himself into our midfield. And he's um, taken some massive steps over the last couple of months to, to show exactly what he's like as a player. So we don't hold any limitations on what he can do, to be honest. Yep. And and another player that's on the, the other end of the spectrum is uh, Jack Gunston. Jeez. Absolutely. I know, I know you're still in pain. Certain times you just get a little <laughs> shattered, and uh, but I'm getting over it. Uh, how do you? How's his? What's his role going to be like? How are you envisaging that? Yeah, he'll, um, obviously uh, we lost Dan McStay last year, and uh, we feel that Jack can come in and play a role not similar to DMAC in terms of being the bulky, you know, forward who crashes and bashes. But you know, Jack brings a wealth of experience, and and you know, Gazy how how he goes mm. in front of goals. Uh, he reads the play really well, and you know the way we move out the football and score heavily. We feel that Jack can, you know, finish off some really good work off the field and, and potentially kick a lot of goals for us this year. But the the thing that I've noticed about Jack in the time that he's been here is um, just his knowledge of the game and his leadership. Like uh, he's come in and um, some of the stuff he's been able to educate our forwards on through experience and running patterns and, and how to play the game has has been beneficial and hasn't even played a game for us yet. So. You know, we went out getting him knowing what he could bring to the club and obviously he's got the history with uh, with Fags, but, you know, I've been super impressed by how he's gone about it. He's done most of the sessions and he's looking fit and I think he's in for a pretty big year up here. Mm. Talking to Danny Daly, Brisbane's GM of footy, there's never one thing you work on. There's a million things you work on as a footy team and a footy department. Danny, is there one key focus point after last year that, you think that we need to get that right. If we if if we can get that right in 2023, it'll help us 
go a couple of steps further in, in this season? Yeah, um, I, th- I think it's been well documented as well. But, um, you know, defensively, we probably dropped a little bit last year. Uh, we were one of the better clubs, you know, 20, 21 and 19 defensively in the top three or four. But uh, we lost our way a little bit with that last year in certain games, which hurt us. And, um, you know, we've done a significant amount of work in um, getting our defensive game back up over the, over the pre-season. Uh, I feel if we can be consistent in our defence... Um, and match it with the best, that, that'll that help us enormously, hopefully taking the next step into a grand final. But uh, I think that's probably the, the number one key area for us. Is that more personnel-based or, or, or system-based? Oh, I think it's a bit system-based for us. I think we lost our way a little bit systematically in, um, in games. Um, so I think it's probably more system-based for us. Yep. Yeah, the other one of the oh sorry, go on. You no, go. I was just going to say, as far as the coaching is concerned, I appreciate there's some sensitivities around it. But how's it? How is the whole AFL and external investigation going with Chris Fagan? How is he personally holding hmm. up? Have you noticed any change in his personality? Has he been able to to um, put that to one side, so to speak, and separate that and all he has had to do to go through with that investigation with his on-field coaching? Oh, look, Fags was Fags. He's um, had his moments, no doubt, but he turns up to work every day and um, he's up and about and around the players and cracking jokes and all that. But, you know, that that issue is obviously a confidential matter and I'm not allowed to really discuss too much about it because it's, yeah. you know, uh, all been signed off about confidentiality, et cetera, and the investigation will take place when it takes place. But, you know, we're here to support Fags and uh, as a football club, we're doing that and um, he's turning up to work and doing his job and, uh, I'm sure it'll all be sorted out when it needs to be. Yeah, good. Can you take us through the process a, a bit with Connor McKenna? Uh, was he on the radar? What, 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 the communications that were taking place back and forth. Can you can you tell us how that how it came about that he, he became a Brisbane Lion? Uh, yeah, well, um, you know, Dom and Bridger, our risk manager, um, obviously with COVID etc. Last year probably wasn't allowed to travel around as much, so. Um, he spent a bit of time watching um, some Irish kids and <laughs> saw a game where Connor was playing and um, he actually went overseas to London for a holiday and went across to Ireland and watched the game and had a chat with him and uh, then we chatted to his manager and Connor sort of indicated a desire to potentially get back into the AFL system. So um, that's how it all got rolling. And from there, obviously, um, you know, Connor had a few clubs that were after him and um, he went and visited all those clubs and, we were fortunate enough that he picked us out of all that. But, uh, yeah, Dom did quite a bit of work early on that and uh, he's been training really well pre-season as well. Brings a bit of X-factor for us in terms of speed off half-back, which we probably lack a little bit. So, um, and is he, as sharp now, is he as sharp now as he was back then, Danny? Does he look like he's still, you know, in kind of AFL nick? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, took probably a week or two to get used to the heat up here coming from Ireland, but <laughs> yeah. that probably blew him away a little bit. But, um yeah, since Christmas, he's um, he's looking like he was. If you remember that goal we kicked against, I think it was West Coast over yeah. in Perth, where he ran about 100 metres and took eight bounces. He's, yes. he's sort of back to that a little bit. Yeah. So, it's, um, yeah. yeah, he's a good find for us. And just before we let you go, the, the facilities up there. Oh, we, yes. got, we got a bit of a glimpse, obviously, at the end of the AFLW season, and we probably suspect it was you know still a, a little way away from being you know absolutely cherry ripe ready, but. I suspect it is now. What, what, what are they like and, and how, how have the players taken to them? Oh, the uh, facilities are magnificent. Um, 
you know, $90 million worth. And, um, you know, we've been living downstairs at the Gabba uh, with no natural light coming in there for <laughs> a number of years. So just to be able to have some natural light coming into the building has been great. But uh, our, play, our players love coming here and our staff love coming here. And it's, uh, you know, from, from my perspective as a footy manager, it's just um, it's just been nice and refreshing for our, our people here to, to see a change and be up and about. It's, you know, been a couple of tough years with COVID and some of the... Uh, we're going to arrange to have to go through, so it's just been nice for our whole football club to come into some great facilities and um, come here every day and watch our people get to work and, and be up and about. So, um, yeah, we're very lucky and very fortunate to uh, to have it. Well, mate, hopefully this isn't the last time we hear the voice of Danny Dale in our radio no, show. It it's been be. too long, yep. and uh, it's been a joy to have you on. There's My word. a thousand things going on at, all, at every footy club at the moment, and hard to believe we're only about 20 days away from a couple of games being played, albeit in, a, in the pre-season uh, mode. But um, we can't wait to get our teeth stuck into it again, mate. Thanks for joining us. Good luck for the rest of the pre-season, and um, we'll speak to you during the, the proper stuff. No worries, boys, and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. <laughs> Good man, Danny. Danny Daly, the general manager of footy out there at the Brisbane Lions.